0: Welcome back to the Carolina Talk Podcast. As always, I am your host, Jacob Turner, and we're back on the podcast for a preview of the Syracuse game coming up this weekend for the Tar Heels, 12:20 kickoff in Syracuse, New York. And guys, I'm looking forward to this game. I mean, am I ever not looking forward to a Carolina football game? I know we haven't had really a lot to cheer about this year and didn't have a lot to cheer about last year, unfortunately. But regardless, excited for this game this weekend for the Tar Heels. I think it's going to be a good matchup. And I think it's a game that the Tar Heels have a good chance of winning if they can play to their full potential, if they can show up and play a complete game for four quarters. But nonetheless, guys, let's dive straight into this Syracuse preview. Let's start by looking back at Carolina's season so far. Obviously opened up the year at California. 24-17 loss for us, Um, difficult game for Carolina, a game in which, you know, with all the suspension, Carolina pretty much just played everybody they had, and it didn't ended up backfiring a little bit for us as we came out as losers in that game, unfortunately. And, you know, the following week after that, at East Carolina, 41-19 loss, a, a loss that a lot of Carolina fans really started to turn on this team, and rightly so, getting blown out to Really a very, very below average East Carolina team, a team that I thought after this game, after that win, would carry some momentum and and get a lot better and, and start winning some games after that, but you know, looking at East Carolina's results after that, they haven't even won a game since then. Well, excuse me, they did beat ODU, barely beat Old Dominion at home, but since then lost to USF, Temple, and Houston, so haven't done a lot since beating the Tar Heels and not even just beating North Carolina. Uh, Straight blowing them out in Greenville. So that was a 0-2 start for the Tar Heels. And obviously the UCF game was canceled because of Hurricane Florence. And then Carolina got a good win against Pittsburgh at home. A game that I thought and hoped was going to help turn this season around. And help turn the tide a little bit for the Tar Heels going into the remainder of the season. But looking where we're at right now. It didn't kick off. And it didn't change the momentum of this program like we thought it would. Obviously Carolina went down to Miami on Thursday night number 16 ranked Miami at the time. That was always going to be a difficult game for the Tar Heels and just got blown out 47 to 10. And that was a game that I thought really just put a bad damper on the season because of how well we played against Pitt. Well, I wouldn't say we played amazingly well against Pitt, obviously only winning by three points in that game. Pitt has done some good things this year. I'd say they're a mid-table kind of average team this year. Uh, and the Pittsburgh Panthers, but we did come out on top at Keenan Stadium against them, and I think a lot of fans were optimistic that hey, maybe we can go down on a Thursday night and and show well, show out well against Miami on primetime TV, and we end up losing by thirty seven points. So obviously, Chaz Surratt making his return in that game, and, and Nathan Elliott playing a little bit in that game as well, and we thought you know maybe Chaz Surratt will come in and and help turn the tide of the season two, and that didn't happen either. Chaz Surratt, ultimately ends up getting injured that game injuring his wrist and he's out for the year now and just want to touch on his injury I have heard some rumors not sure how true it is that Chassarat could have kept playing this year if he had wanted to Um, that that wrist injury that he had had been nagging for a little bit it was on his right wrist he is a left-handed quarterback so his non-throwing hand and I have heard some rumors that Surratt may be planning to transfer next year obviously I don't think you'll you'll see Chaz Surratt at quarterback for the Tar Heels again, ever again, regardless um, of, of when he comes back and how healthy he is when he comes back because as we saw with Cade Fortin, who looks to set to be out for the year, um, nobody really sure what Cade Fortin did if he tore his ACL or tore a ligament in his knee, but I have seen some tweets and, and some reports that, that Cade Fortin is more than likely out for the year. Some guys have seen him walking around campus with um a brace on his knee but not on crutches. He obviously wasn't on crutches um for the remainder of the Virginia Tech game where he got injured. So don't think he completely tore his ACL or tore a ligament in his knee, but I, I think there is some damage in there and I would be surprised to see him again this season. So but back to the main point. Chad Surratt could be transferring. I've heard some rumors. I wouldn't be surprised to see that, but regardless of if Surratt stays or not, I don't think you'll ever see Surratt played at quarterback again, because I think Cade Fortin and even Jace Reuter and probably Nathan Elliott are better options back there at this point for Larry Fedora and this North Carolina offense. But obviously, going back to last week's game, uh, loss at home, Saturday night primetime game for the Tar Heels, and a game that, like we said, me and me talked about in the Virginia Tech review. If you haven't checked that podcast out, go check that out, available on all platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, um, but the main place you can find that is on my Twitter at Carolina Talk Pod. The podcast is presented by Anchor.fm. Big shout out to Anchor.fm. That is a great place for hosting podcasts and I totally recommend Anchor if you are looking for a place to upload your podcast completely free and they link you to different outlets like apple and spotify so it's a great place google podcast as well it's a great place to upload your podcast and host your podcast so just a quick shout out to anchor um but back to the vt review if you haven't heard that podcast go check that one out it was very entertaining really enjoyed li- talking to to meet a huge virginia tech fan really good friend of mine and i think people will enjoy that podcast And if you had listened to it i appreciate you listening keep tuning in to the carolina talk podcast we will keep cranking out these episodes as much as we can but focusing now on this game it's been a disappointing season for North Carolina obviously sitting at one and four on the year six in the coastal Um, and going up to Syracuse I think this is a very winnable game and if we break down what Carolina has done well this season one thing that we really showed out at least against Virginia Tech was our running game I thought Michael Carter had a sensational game against the Hokies, but barring that fumble on the goal line, which really, you can't really blame the whole game on Carter. I don't think. I know Carter took a lot of blame, and obviously, if he gets in the end zone, and that's a completely different ball game and totally more than likely changes the outcome of that game because after Carter fumbles, Virginia Tech goes and makes a 98-yard drive and pretty much scores a walk-off touchdown to win the game. But regardless, our defense still let up a 98-yard drive, something we've seen for 20-plus years, it seems like, Longer than I've been alive, it seems like Carolina's been letting up game-winning drives um, defensively forever, but regardless, Carolina had an opportunity to win that game if if Carter fumbles or he doesn't, and we weren't able to do it, but Carter had a great game last weekend against the Hokies, 18 attempts, 165 yards, and it's good to see him back playing. He is. some of y'all may have forgot, he missed the California and ECU games, has only played against Pittsburgh, Miami, and Virginia Tech, and he has looked good. Definitely his best game against Virginia Tech, though. So one big thing I'm looking for for Carolina and this offense is can they establish a running game? And that is one of my three keys for North Carolina this weekend. If they want to win the game, like you guys know on most of my podcasts, any preview podcast I've done, I usually break what Carolina needs to do in order to win the game and come out on top into three different keys that I like to call, obviously, the three keys to a North Carolina victory. Um, little teaser here, I will be starting a video segment soon. I wanted to pump one out this week, but was having some difficulties with my camera equipment, but got it all fixed now. So next week, I will start doing some preview and review videos, about two minutes long. Um, the preview videos will be called the the three keys segment where I'll basically break down what Caroline needs to do like I do on this podcast in a video form, just so you can get a little bit of a visual representation of what I'm talking about. And we'll also be doing... Some videos after the game as well, breaking down what I think Carolina did well and didn't do well in the previous game. So be expecting that coming next week. But back to the topic at hand, first big key for Carolina to come out victorious this weekend is establishing a run game against this Syracuse defense. And Carolina had over 200 rushing yards last week in total against Virginia Tech. So they need to bring that same energy, that same blocking up front from the offensive line. And Michael Carter and Antonio Williams need to be prepared to be running a lot in this game. And I hope that Larry Fedor and his offensive staff have put a lot of that emphasis in the playbook to allow the likes of Michael Carter and Antonio Williams to get a ton of touches in this game. Because not only does it free up the offense in the passing game, but it takes a lot of pressure off the quarterback. And since Cade Fortin's more than likely going to be out. You're probably going to see Nathan Elliott starting. Well, you're definitely going to see Nathan Elliott starting back there for the Tar Heels um, since it looks like Forton will definitely not be playing this weekend and probably won't be playing for the remainder of the season with freshman Jace Reuter out of Kansas as the backup QB for North Carolina this weekend. So if Carolina can establish that running game, like we mentioned, as the first big key to victory against Syracuse this weekend, then I think it'll take a lot of pressure off this offense and the defense and will allow Carolina to have a really good chance at winning this ball game. Because looking at Syracuse's defense, they're actually in terms of total defense number fourteen in the ACC. Carolina's only number thirteen. So this is really this game right here is the battle of the two worst defenses statistically in the conference. The Syracuse defense is currently allowing thirty-two points a game, and to compare that to North Carolina, Carolina's not doing much better, uh, allowing thirty-one points a game. So like I said, this is really a battle of the two worst defenses in the Atlantic Coast Conference right now. So, if Carolina can somehow find an offense, and particularly through the running game, they got a good chance to put up a lot of points. And Carolina's defense played really well against Virginia Tech, obviously only allowed 22 points. And you'd think, with a high-scoring offense that North Carolina is supposed to possess under Larry Fedora, any time that this defense only allowed 22 points, Carolina would end up winning that game pretty easily. But, wasn't to be this past weekend against Virginia Tech. So first big key, like I mentioned, Carolina needs to establish a running game through Carter and Williams. And if they can do that, they're gonna have a really, really good shot at winning this game. Uh, Second big key that I'm looking for this weekend for North Carolina is the pass rush. Obviously last weekend against Virginia Tech, um, Jason Strobridge and Malik Carney combined for over four sacks in that game, which is a great statistic. I thought Sherbage had his best game in a Tar Heel uniform, in my opinion. I thought Carney did what you would expect from him. Carney's a guy you're going to be seeing see playing on Sunday here in the next few years or so, and I'm excited to see him playing in the NFL because he really is a talent. But Carolina has to establish some kind of pass rush against the Syracuse offense. I think Eric Dungy, obviously the quarterback for the Syracuse Orange is a solid quarterback. Statistically, this Syracuse offense scores the most points in the Atlantic Coast Conference right now, averaging 43 points a game. And to compare that to North Carolina, North Carolina is only averaging 20 points a game right now. So over a 20-point difference in the amount of averages between Syracuse and North Carolina offensively. But I think Eric Dungy, their quarterback, is a really solid guy. He has shown well this season in terms of his ability to pass the ball, also has a threat with his feet. He's a hard-nosed guy, very tough player, a quarterback that I really like watching. And we'll get to Syracuse a little bit more and focus on their team here in a little bit. But that's the one big thing is if North Carolina can somehow get Eric Dungy out of his rhythm, especially through pressure on the quarterback, as we all know, Pressure on the quarterback just does wonders for your secondary. It forces your your guys to have to defend a lot longer. 1v1 back there. Your cornerbacks like Patrice Rene, hopefully we'll see KJ Sales back as well. But it forces your secondary to not have to do as much and takes a lot of pressure off of them. So if Carolina struggles to get a pass rush, I think that's a recipe for disaster this weekend. And you know, if Carolina doesn't come out of this game with a handful of sacks, then I think you'll, you'll also see North Carolina coming out of this game with a loss. So that's really my second biggest key. And my big key defensively for North Carolina is can they get pass rush if they can do that like they did against Virginia Tech and play similarly all around on defense like they did against Virginia Tech. I think Syracuse is going to struggle against this North Carolina defense because I think our defense, now that it's almost back to being fully healthy, is really, really solid. And I don't think the way they played against Virginia Tech was a fluke at all. But third biggest takeaway real quick is can this team respond and how will this team respond after a disappointing start to the season and after a heartbreaking loss last weekend at home to Virginia Tech. Um, Carolina, This, from all reports and talks from the coaches and interviews with players after practice this week, seems like this Carolina team is still together, still high in spirits, and really looking forward to going up to Syracuse and playing this weekend. But the thing is, it's easy to lose a locker room and easy to lose a team and the motivation of your team when you continue to lose games. Like Carolina has, you know, either getting blown out like Miami, like ECU, or or losing tight games like they have to the likes of of Virginia Tech specifically. And, you know, this Carolina team has to continue to stay together. Uh, The coaching staff, I think, has done a solid job of, of keeping this team together so far, but they have to continue to stay together keep pushing and keep working hard every day. And I don't think they're far away. Larry Fedora mentioned that a lot in their press conference after the Virginia Tech game. You know, he kept saying over and over, this team is not far away. A couple players were quoted as saying that as well. And, you know, it's one of those things where if Carolina can just do a few more things right, can, can do the little things like Larry Fedora was preaching, Then they're going to have a great opportunity to, to turn this season around. And you really just never know. If, if Carolina can go up to Syracuse on the road and get a big win in the conference on Saturday— and this season could completely turn around. And, and like I talked about in the Virginia Tech preview, I think this team has a pretty favorable schedule going into the rest of the year. Obviously, you have to play the likes of Duke and NC State, which are going to be tough games. But if Carolina can just get on a little bit of a roll starting this weekend, then they could fight their way up to a bowl eligibility. And it, that would just be a great, great finish to the season, especially with all the turmoil that we've had, um, fan outrage, player suspensions and stuff like that that we've had to start this season. Uh, obviously, also the the uh, breaks in the season with all of the um, bye weeks and canceled games. It would just be a great way to for Carolina to turn their season around and get get started back on the front foot. And you just never know. I think this team is still together, and that's why that's my third key this weekend is that's what I see from the outside looking in. But if Carolina comes out and maybe plays similar – similarly like they did in their last ACC away game at Miami, then this team might begin to really lose hope and lose motivation going into the remainder of the season because Carolina simply can't lose many more games before their chances of going to a bowl are just mathematically impossible. So Carolina needs to stay positive, needs to keep working hard, and I think good things will happen for this team because I really do believe this team has a ton of talent, but right now the record is simply not reflecting that. Now, quickly, let's go ahead and switch our focus over to Syracuse and look at some of their stats and some of the things that they have done well this season. Syracuse, obviously, right now sitting at four and two on the year, started off really well. Uh, started off beating Western Michigan at Western Michigan, then beat Wagner at home. Beat Florida State at home, thirty to seven, a big, big win for them against a up and down Florida State team that obviously is is definitely down this year, and at least based on what they. How they usually play and how they usually end up is, is one of the best teams in the ACC. Not to be this year, but Syracuse still took care of business and really blew them out at home. And then obviously played UConn, who is arguably the worst college football team in the nation right now. So looking at their four wins this year, before we go into their losses, they really haven't beaten anybody besides Florida State. Wagner, small team, easy victory for them, 62-10. to UConn, one of the worst teams in college football. Uh, easy win for them, 51-21. And then Western Michigan, obviously, decent team this year, but nothing special. Uh, They're currently sitting at 5-2 and two right now. Obviously a MAC team, so a lower level of competition. They ended up winning that game 54, excuse me, 55-42. to So the four wins they do have this year really aren't that great. And even their best win against Florida State is against a team that is is really struggling this year. The Seminole sitting at 3-3. Three and three, And for them, you, you don't usually see that from from a Florida State team, but looking at their two losses, those came in the past couple of weeks. Um, at Clemson, obviously, I was watching most of that game, and Syracuse had a lot of opportunities to win that game. And Trevor Lawrence went out with a with a head injury in that game. Clemson's backup quarterback had to come in. Obviously, that was the game or first game that Kelly Bryant uh, was not eligible to play in because he announced that he was going to transfer. So Clemson's backup third string quarterback, I guess, technically came in. And what ended up winning the game for him late in the fourth quarter. So that was a game in which Syracuse had a great chance of winning. And if they could have won that game, then I would be really, really scared going into the matchup this weekend. But the fact that Clemson was able to pull it out in the end, and then the following weekend they end up losing to Pittsburgh, forty-four to thirty-seven in overtime. Those are two they two consecutive road games, and ended up dropping both of those. So um, not a good past few weeks for Syracuse, but. One thing that really does make me a little bit nervous is the fact that Syracuse is coming off a bye week. So after that Pittsburgh loss that was a little bit disappointing from them, I think that's a game that you would have expect Syracuse to come out on top end, weren't able to do it. They get a bye week to regroup and then they get another week to prepare for this North Carolina team that's coming in. So Syracuse, obviously on the season, really haven't played any great teams besides Clemson. Um, I guess the second best team would be split between Florida State and Pittsburgh and obviously ended up waxing Florida State for the most part and, and then dropping that game at Pittsburgh. So this is an up and down team. This is a team that I don't think has really played a lot of competition and it'll be interesting to see how they finish the year, Syracuse, because they're getting really into the meat of their schedule now. Got North Carolina, then against NC State, and then travel to Wake Forest and then finish out with Louisville and Notre Dame at home and then the final game of their season at Boston College. So a pretty difficult remaining schedule for Syracuse, so it'll be interesting to see how they finish out this year, but it really all starts this weekend with North Carolina, and the second half of their season starts now, so it'll really be interesting to see how they do finish the year, and I wouldn't be surprised to see them finish the year about five hundred, maybe even below it, because I really think this Syracuse team is good right now, Um, really good defensively, but offensively, um, I just don't think they're elite, and it was interesting to see. I was looking at some of their stats and their kicker actually leads the the conference right now in points. So one thing that shows me, I think he's made about 16 field goals this year. So one thing that made me a little bit happy going into this game was the fact that it looks like Syracuse is doing well offensively, but kind of like what you saw for North Carolina against Virginia Tech is they're getting in good positions, getting in red zone areas, but they're failing to do anything when they get there and they're having to settle for field goals. And that's probably why, uh, they really haven't beat any great team this year, barring the Florida State win. So that does make me a little optimistic going into this game, especially with how well I think Virginia Tech, or excuse me, North Carolina played defensively against Virginia Tech last weekend. So let's focus on individuals for Syracuse, especially on the offensive end. Uh, like we've mentioned earlier in this podcast, Eric Dungy um, has had a really good season for Syracuse this year, uh, 102 completions on 170 attempts, over 1,200 yards passing, a 60% completion percentage, about 7 yards per pass, 10 touchdowns, and 4 interceptions. So he's had a really solid year this year. He's also the leading rusher with 77 carries for 434 yards. So as you can kind of see, if Carolina can stop Eric Dungy, you're basically stopping this offense. Mo Neal running back for the uh, Syracuse Orange has had 86 carries, so only nine more carries than Dungy, and has 20 less yards than him, only averaging about five yards per carry, which is is decent for a running back, don't get me wrong, but still, this, this team is going to beat you through the air more than they're going to beat you um, through the run, which makes me a little bit more optimistic going to this game, because I think, at least this season, Carolina has defended the run well, but... Based on how our secondary played against Virginia Tech, I'm a little bit more confident in us and in, in the secondary unit we have to be able to stop the throw. But looking at the receiving statistics, uh, Jamal Custis and and Sean Riley and, and arguably Nikeem Hines are really Syracuse's best wide receiving options. Jamal Custis is a little bit ahead of everybody. Twenty five receptions, four hundred thirty yards, that's seventeen yard average, and he has three touchdowns on the year as well. So, um, a guy that is really going to be their number one option. If you look at the likes of Sean Riley and Nakeem Johnson, Riley with 26 receptions for 246 yards, about a nine-yard average. Uh, He has two TDs on the year, and Nakeem Johnson with 17 receptions and 218 yards for about a 13-yard average. So this is a, as you can kind of see by some of their receiving averages, this is a a big play team in a lot of ways. A lot of their wide receivers averaging at least 10 yards a catch which when you think about it, it's a first down every catch pretty much. So this is a team in Syracuse that is definitely going to look to beat you through the air. Like I mentioned, their kicker, Andre Smith, leading the team right now in points, currently scored 78 points on the year. So a really a really accurate guy, a really accurate kicker um, this season. is 16 for 17, so a 94% uh, percentage of makes for him this year. So look for Syracuse if they get you know, Inside the 40, 30-yard line, expect him to come away from pretty much every drive with uh, three points. He, he's 3-for-3 uh, three three on 50-plus yard field goals, and the only one he missed was between 40 and 49 yards. So a very reliable kicker and a, a good asset to have as an offensive unit, especially with how successful they are through the air. Because when you think about it, if Syracuse needs a field goal at some point in the game and needs to score quickly, and with how well they pass the ball and how successful they've been in the kicking game, they can score quickly. They can get three points in the game very quickly. So that is one thing that I expect and hope that Carolina is playing to exploit, but this defense is going to have to come ready to play. And if Carolina can can continue to trade some of those touchdown opportunities for field goals and give Smith an opportunity instead of giving Dungy an opportunity with the offense to score seven, then I think that's going to be a recipe for success against North Carolina, but it really all depends on how the offense plays for for North Carolina. If the offense comes out, stalls, and doesn't play well, then I think Syracuse is going to put up big numbers and end up coming away victorious. So, offensively looking at this team, it's not a Syracuse team that necessarily scares me, but I think if Carolina struggles stopping Eric Dungy, then the Syracuse offense is going to put up big points. So, Dungy is a really good quarterback. A guy I enjoy watching, like I mentioned before, hard nosed kid and a guy that I would uh, love to see in a Tar Heel uniform because I really just think he has a lot of grit and I like the way he plays the game. Larry Fedora spoke highly about him in the press conference this week, the pre Syracuse press conference. So Dungy, a guy that that Carolina really needs to key on and and make sure they are game planning to stop because, like I mentioned before, if you don't stop Dungy, you you don't stop Syracuse. Switching the focus real quick over to the Syracuse defense. Uh, if you look at their total defense in the country right now, they're currently ranked 81st in the nation right now. Uh, have obviously played six games, have let up about 415 plays and over 2,400 yards. So about 5.8 yards, about six yards per play, which when you think about it, isn't a great average for the Syracuse defense. I think this is um, they're letting about a, a little over 400 yards per game at 402 right now. So this is an opportunity for this Carolina offense to carry some of that momentum. From last weekend's game against Virginia Tech and and try to exploit this Syracuse defense because I mean it's not hard to tell I mean North Carolina even has a better defensive ranking obviously it played one less game but to compare us to compare Syracuse to the Tar Heels North Carolina sitting about 13 spots ahead of them at 68 in the country um, about 355 plays in five games and we're letting up about 1900 yards uh, this season and it's about five yards per play as well so two pretty similar defenses in a lot of ways. You'd probably see Syracuse and North Carolina even closer if North Carolina had played an extra game and had played as many games as Syracuse has. But this Syracuse defense is not great. And that's why a lot of their results this year, a lot of their victories have been high scoring games in which this Syracuse offense has been forced to score 40, 50 points. So Syracuse is prone to letting up a lot of points. And I think North Carolina really has to be aggressive on the offensive end and come in and really just try to, take it to this Syracuse defense because they're going to allow yards and based on how they've played this year, they're gonna allow points. So Syracuse, when you really break it down and look at them offensively and defensively, look at their total records, I think this is just an average team. I don't think this is a great team. This is not a team that scares me. I think the Carrier Dome uh, is a not a very hostile environment. I think it's a unique environment for college football, obviously playing indoors. I think a lot of the players will probably enjoy that uh, playing indoors a little bit different of a setting. You don't have to worry about weather, heat, anything like that. So, mainly, I just don't see the Syracuse team being a big threat, and Carolina should not go up and fear this team at all. I think the only real player that you would maybe fear a little bit and maybe be a little bit worrisome of is is Eric Dungey at the quarterback position. But like I said, I think the biggest key for Carolina, besides the three keys I've already done, if I had to add a fourth key to that. Uh, the biggest thing that I think Carolina needs to do is stop Dungy, and I really do believe if you stop Dungy, which is not going to be easy, you don't get me wrong, but if you can stop Eric Dungie you're stopping this Syracuse team, and they're going to let up points. So If our defense can come out and play similarly to how they played against Virginia Tech, and our offense can can score points and, and not get in the red zone seven or eight times and, and come out with four field goals from it, similar to like we did against Virginia Tech, then who knows what will happen in this ballgame, but... When it really comes down to it, and if you really just put it in the simplest terms, if I'm Larry Fedora, I'm really game-planning to take it to this Syracuse defense and really, really trying to motivate my defense, especially on the defensive line and at the linebacker position, to get a lot of pressure on Dungy and force him into mistakes. But he will put up numbers for the Orange this weekend. I wouldn't be surprised to see him throw for over 150, 200 yards and also end up running for over 50, 75 yards as well. So... Dunge is gonna bring a lot of threat and bring a lot of uh power to this Syracuse offense and through the air and through the through the rush. So expect Syracuse to put up numbers and expect this game to be a high scoring game. If I had to make a prediction for this matchup, obviously earlier this week in the VT preview, I, I said North Carolina was gonna win this game, and I, I stick by that. And I think this game is gonna be high scoring. I'm expecting about a thirty eight to 30 game I think North Carolina will end up winning this game about 38 to 30 so over over 60 points scored in this game and you know that's what we like we like watching college football like that pretty similar score line to the Pittsburgh win for North Carolina this year and I think you'll see a pretty similar points wise to what we saw against the Panthers at Keenan earlier this season guys but that's gonna do it for me and the Syracuse preview as always thanks thanks so much for listening guys um Make sure to follow us on Twitter, at Carolina Talk Pod. We'll definitely be covering the game, live tweeting a little bit about it, previewing it a little bit more on Twitter as well. Like I mentioned earlier, got a video series starting over the next couple weeks or so, so be on the lookout for that. And I'm really trying to start getting questions from viewers and listeners that I do have. So if you have any questions that you want me to touch on in a podcast, any comments you want me to touch on in, a, in one of these podcasts, be sure to tweet them at me, at Carolina CarolinaTalkPod. You can just tweet them directly to me or, you know, as they say, slide in my DMs. And uh, you can uh, ask me a question or give me a comment through there. So, we'll be following this Syracuse game hard. think North Carolina is going to come out victorious, guys. think it's going to be a good weekend to be a Carolina fan. And hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed, I actually just crossed them below me, Carolina will come out victorious and come back to North Carolina with a big win. And it will turn the season around. But like I said, guys, going to do it for me. Thanks so much for listening. Go Heels. We'll see you next time. battle get up. Stand up. your hands up.